Bishop Earl and I finished the 22 points of proof that Joseph Smith was a sexual predator. Next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? Last time we began a discussion of 22 proofs that Joseph Smith was a sexual predator taken from the website link that's on the screen. It's a long website, but you might be able to find it by clicking the 116pages.com. Uh, anyway, we finished 10 of the 22 last time, and this time we're going to continue, of course, and uh, as we go through each point, we're going to add our yeah. own comments uh -huh. um, of what is being said. We quoted from some of Brian Hale's rebuttals as well, and we'll do so again <laughs> as time allows. So we were on point number 11, that he was a predator, and the 11th point says, Joseph made his victims consent to a test of their faith. Yeah, this one, first one from Compton's in, uh, Todd Compton's in Sacred Loneliness, page 463. Lucy Walker said, he asked me if I believed him to be the prophet. And when Lucy said yes, Smith informed her that God had instructed him to take another wife, and you're the woman. <laughs> now, as I read through this, I, I just, he, before he proposed to her, he asked the question, do you believe I'm a prophet? That's setting her up. Setting her up. Yeah, she's, she's put between like a rock and the hard place or whatever. If she says yes, then she must agree to his proposal because yeah. he's the prophet. And she could hardly say no, that she didn't believe that he was a prophet because she did believe it. And besides, she's living in their home. Lucy's mother was dead. Joseph Smith had taken her and three of her siblings into the home and then sent her father away on a church mission. And so she was totally dependent upon Smith. He had her where he wanted her. So the first time he proposed to her, she was 15 mm -hmm. years old. He married her one day after she turned 17 years old. He was more than twice her age. <laughs> she was young, had no family around her to consult with, and was dependent totally on Smith and the family uh, for her provision. She was trapped. Predators do that. Um, we read from the book Nauvoo Polygamy, where many years later, Lucy's mindset is described by Lucy herself. She says, the way Lucy saw it, what she was doing was a duty, giving up myself as a sacrifice to help establish celestial marriage on the earth. And yet, as Christians, we look at Jesus Christ gave up himself as a sacrifice to forgive us of our sins, and that's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. It's not about Nothing celestial else. marriage or polygamy or anything like that. Poor Lucy was young and naive and vulnerable, and that takes us to point number 12. Joseph would prey on the vulnerable and on the orphans. Another example, sisters Emily and Eliza Partridge lost their father in 1840. They were hired by the Smith family to live in their home and to help care for the Smith children. By 1842, Smith had married both sisters. Now, Brian Hales, of course, in, in his comments, he pointed out that this version of the story was problematic, and that's interesting because he, the quote is from the LDS Anson magazine, yeah. so if it's problematic, That's he true. needs to take it out with them. Anyway, Joseph Smith took as plural wives 11 teenage girls, and he was twice the age of many of them. And most of his victims, of course, have been living with the Smith family. Some were either orphans or poverty-stricken families. And he would send away the, the family provider <laughs> on a mission for the church. And that happened several times, too, leaving the young girl with no father figure to turn to except Joseph Smith himself. He had the skills of a predator yeah. taking advantage of every opportunity and sometimes creating the opportunity. 
The next point, number 13, is Joseph taught his victims that even though their actions might feel wrong in their heart, that it was still commanded by God. This one really bothers me. Yeah. It, it hits home a lot. And it's also from the Ensign in June of 1979. I'm often led to wonder how it was that a person of my temperament could get along with it and not rebel. But I know it was the Lord who kept me from opposing his plans, although in my heart I felt that I could not submit to them. So, in, so she's, yeah, she's having this trouble of dealing with plural marriage, and she thought it was the Lord telling <laughs> her to do it, but it couldn't have been. And you can sense the spiritual tr struggle in her yeah. words it, yeah. that she was experiencing through this. Her conscience, however, was overridden by Joseph Smith's weaponry of the threat of God's destruction on her if she refused. How typical of predatory crimes. And the victim is always left to feel like any wrongdoing was actually her fault. Now, point number 14, that Joseph Smith was a predator. Joseph told his victims to hide their actions from his wife, Emma. Hmm, this is taken from the essay, LDS.org. He may have thought Emma's rejection of plural marriage exempted him from the law of Sarah. Her decision to receive not this law permitted him to marry additional wives without her consent. <laughs> And we've talked about this before on, on several shows in the past. And But for our viewers who do not understand mm -hmm. the law of Sarah, uh, we'll explain it. It begins with a quote from the Mormon's Doctrine and Covenants, which is the past, section 132. This is the passage on polygamy, we quote. I'm waiting for President Nelson to take this one out. Oh, the yeah, yeah. Covenants. There's some kind of a petition going on for him, <laughs> to, for them to, to do, do that. that. But verses 64 and 65 say this. And again, verily, verily, I say unto you, if any man have a wife who holds the keys of this power, and he, te he teaches unto her the law of my priesthood as pertaining to these things, then shall she believe and administer unto him, or she shall be destroyed, saith the Lord your God. For I will destroy her, for I will magnify my name upon, upon all those who receive and abide in my law. Therefore it shall be lawful in me, if she receive not this law, for him to receive all things whatsoever I, the Lord his God, will give unto him, because she did not believe and administer unto him according to my word, and she then becomes the transgressor, and he is exempt from the law of Sarah, who administered unto Abraham according to the law when I commanded Abraham to take Hagar to wife. Well, he uses a, a lot of there. words there, doesn't he? So, yeah. yeah, there's a couple of problems. <laughs> so if the first wife doesn't agree to let to, for her husband to take a plural wife, she'll be destroyed by God. There's the threat. And the man can go ahead and take his plural wives, and, okay. and he isn't the sinner. She is. There's another threat. And, of course, that's typical patriarchal privilege. So when Joseph proposed and married multiple wives, he, all, he, he, he would warn them to secrecy, especially from Emma, because she would withhold her consent anyway, and it exempted him from the law of Sarah. Now, we know that if you have nothing to hide, you hide nothing. And Joseph Smith hid a lot of things. Next on the list of predatorial evidence, number 15, Joseph told his victims that they were promised to him by God. Mm -hmm. Mary Rollins Leitner said, Joseph said I was his before I came here, and he said all the devils in hell should never get me from him. <laughs> <laughs> 
How many men propose to their prospective wives like that? (laughs) By the way, in polygamy, they do. They they go to the girl and say, God told me that you're supposed to marry me and (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And shockingly, Mary Rollins Leitner was already the wife of another man. She was a married woman when Joseph Smith approached her. Now, later in her life, Mary said that Smith had told her she was the first woman that God commanded him to take as a plural wife. Now, whether that's true or not is still up for questioning, too, I think. Now, that's, of course, clear evidence he was a predator and would come up with any story that pressured his victims to comply, especially if he presented God as the one behind the pressuring. And does God command a man to take another man's wife for a plural wife? Does that the God? It doesn't make sense, no. Well, Brian Hills has a response that's interesting. Yeah, Hales, Brian Hale says this. This is the only reference to a relationship that began in the pre-mortal existence. Nothing more is known about this possibility. I don't know what that has to do with anything. but That's his way of dismissing it, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess so, but we're going to talk about that a little bit because in the first place, no relationships began in the pre-mortal existence for any of us. Jesus said in John 3.31 that he is the only one that has come down from heaven and everyone else is of the earth. Now, Jesus said that. There is no premortality, so the story was a come on by Joseph Smith. And that is very hard for Mormons, ex-Mormons, and, oh, and yeah. to get by with is that premortal existence. Yeah. It's really hard to get that out of our head. That <laughs> was for me. <laughs> anyway, number 16, uh, that he was a predator is that he threatened victims with destruction for their refusal. Also from Todd Compton's In Sacred Loneliness, but after several hesitations, Lucy was informed of the other side of Smith's ceiling power. He told her that rejecting his offer would bring eternal damnation. Of his marriage proposal to her, Smith said, It is a command of God to you. If you reject this message, the gate will be closed forever against you. Now, as we get into looking at this one, again, this is Lucy Walker. Evidently, the the author of this website loved to use Lucy Walker's story um, as proof of, to use a lot of those for proofs of his uh, sexual predator. But uh, notice he said, if you reject this, the gate will be closed against you. Right. Remember that because we're at, when we look at Brian Hale's response, you're going to need to remember that particular phrase. And, of course, it's another point where the basic predatory behavior is evident. And, and a great quote, by the way, from Lucy Walker's story. But this is Brian Hale's rebuttal on that. Yeah. Again, you speculate what gate would be closed. It could be destruction or simply the opportunity to be sealed to Joseph. Now, the gate would be closed against her. Yeah. So that right there is a threat. Um, he also said she would be damned if, if she did not consent. So that right there is another negative threat. And Brian Hale said this was a speculation about which gate this was. Well, he is making a speculation uh, just on this statement, and it's not a very good one because Joseph told her to accept his proposal or be damned, and that is the context of the of the entire yeah. uh, conversation and her reaction by the way would not have been so dramatic and fearful 
if it only meant the gate to plural marriage would be shut, she didn't want plural marriage anyway. So I don't think that would have bothered her much. Probably not. <laughs> so the threat of damnation, it was not a veiled threat. It was a real threat, and it was used. It's used today when girls are coerced into plural marriage. And then remember that Lucy's a teenager. She's an orphan. She's living alone, living in Smith's home. And now he tells her that she either marries him or faces eternal damnation. And worse yet, he tells her she only has until the next day to make up her mind. Really? The rest of the quote is a pretty long quote. But he tells her that she has to let him know her answer by the next day or the gate will be closed and she will not have any chance of going to heaven. If she waits, then the opportunity for heaven is gone. What else can the poor little girl do, you know? Um, and just like many predators are, Joseph Smith was smooth as butter <laughs> and he rarely met his match. He did meet his match a couple of times. Sarah Pratt was one of them, he did. But um, this is just a good example of that. Number 17 of the 22 evidences is Joseph Smith used his authority to send husbands of his victims out of the country. <laughs> About Marinda Hyde. In the spring of 1842, she married Joseph. In Joseph's diary is a list of his marriages. It includes the entry, April 42, Marinda Johnson to Joseph Smith. Eight months later, in December, Orson returned from his mission. So here we have another married woman. Yep. Orson Hyde was her husband. He's away on a mission. And Joseph Smith proposes plural marriage to Orson's wife. This is yet another married woman that Joseph Smith took into his plural marriage bed. Now, a predator's method um, is to get his victim alone and without any hope of any rescue or, or someone to come to their aid. Sadly, the 11 legally married women that Joseph Smith married as plural wives were each placed into a, a position that he placed her into a position that caused her to be an adulteress. Begin and didn't seem to bother Joseph Smith at all that he was using God's name to coerce them to say yes to religious adultery. That's what polygamy is, is yeah. religious authorized adultery. It's an interesting way to look at that for yeah. using God's name. Use, and he did a lot, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. Oh, my word. Um, and they used it on us. I, I, I mean, I've, I've explained that before. That was one reason when I left the polygamy group, I wanted nothing to do with God because he was such a horrible person. Um, the way they projected him to me. Yeah. And he didn't like you either, right? No, he didn't like me either, so there you go. <laughs> uh, of course, that all was not true not because true. they taught me lies about him. And the polygamy groups continued to teach lies about God. Okay, evidence number 18. Joseph knew and associated with many of his victims and their families since they were small children, since the girls, the really, little girls were small children. This is a shocking, uh, again, the source of the wives of Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith knew Helen Mar Kimball, Eliza Partridge, Emily Partridge, Sarah Ann Whitney, and Nancy Winchester, all before they were six years old. Okay, little girls. Yeah. And, and these girls, that uh, when they grew up, he married them when they were still quite young. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. approached them when they were quite young. And they would have always known Joseph Smith as being the prophet. Uh, they grew up knowing him as sure. the prophet, the one who speaks to God and God speaks back. And, and they would have grown up in awe of this man. And now he wants to marry her. 
how could she say no? And there's that element of pride of being so special that the prophet chose her. No doubt that would be part of it, even though it scared most of them. There would still be that little aspect of it. And of course, he seduced them using spiritual authority over them. Now, this is Hale's response. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, we marry people we know. This seems meaningless, I guess, his explanation. It w- either went over his head or he's deliberately missing the point. Yeah. Because Joseph Smith watched these little girls grow up. He kept track of them. He proposed to 14-year-old girls, so we can know where his mind was at. He was, at the very least, a borderline pedophile, yeah. at the very least. You'd have to think what what he was thinking all the time. Yeah. I mean, this is this went on for years and grooming these young girls. It's, it's like we them. mentioned earlier. He he created opportunities yeah. that and he then could used get his to authority them. to. And and you're them. right. What was he thinking all the time? There's yeah. there's that one. And I can manage this to do this so that I can get her alone. So I can you know. Love and how will I threaten her? And yeah. And he had a relationship with these people, so he would know their their personality somewhat and maybe figure out how to best present polygamy to them, either by threat or, or seduction or whatever. Yeah. But it certainly is, these are all valid points of a sexual predator. They yeah, sure are. And number 19, mm. <laughs> Joseph held power of salvation, position, and authority over most of his victims' fathers. <laughs> It says, note, at least 10 of Smith's youngest brides had fathers who held positions of power in Nauvoo. Joseph Smith held control over their jobs, farms, and incomes. His victims would have known that he had the authority to excommunicate their fathers or remove them from their jobs and leave the families destitute. And that is very true. And if you read some of the history of Joseph Smith's polygamy, you would see that, especially in Todd Compton's book. Mm -hmm. And we cannot emphasize how important this point is in Joseph Smith's sexual exploits and also in today's Mormon culture. I've seen this in the LDS church and in polygamy groups. The members see the leaders being almost omnipotent. Uh, He's infallible in their eyes. He cannot lead them astray. If parents revere their spiritual leader, their children are likely to revere him too. And catching a glimpse a glimpse of him in a crowd that throws a lot of them into spiritual ecstasy. Um, they hang on to every single word that he speaks and they would never dare speak a negative word against him or against what he said. The girls whose fathers depended upon Joseph Smith economically and spiritually could hardly even think of turning down Joseph Smith's proposals. And don't forget, Joseph Smith would threaten them with the heavy hand of God. I was threatened with God's heavy hand all my life. I know exactly oh. what that is. And it's, it's very true as, we, as I read how Joseph Smith handled these young girls. It's a shame. <laughs> Number 20, Joseph took extreme measures to have some of his victims live in his own house. <laughs> To John Walker, Joseph said, you must have a change of scene, a change of climate. You have just such a family as I could love. My house shall be their home. Place the little ones with kind friends, and the four eldest shall come to my house and be received and treated as my own children 
And then he sent Walker on a mission. Now, of course, this is Lucy Walker's <laughs> right, father. Right. And so he made a special deal to get him out of the way, sending him on a mission. You need a change of scene. You know, you're going to get healthy again if, if you do. And so he, this is where one of those times where he makes the opportunity. And she's very young. And notice he said he would treat them as his own children. Persuasive words coming from the mouth of a predator who already had designs on one of his daughters. Mm. The father trusted Smith, and so did the unsuspecting Lucy Walker. The 21st point, he publicly shamed these women and girls who refused him. Now, actually, he didn't publicly shame all the females who turned him down, but he did threaten them not to tell anyone or he would retaliate. From Mormon Polygamy, page 235, this is by Van Wagner. When a woman turned him down and then went public with the details of his proposal, Smith and the church leadership's policy was to slander the reputation of the woman or man who made it public. When Martha Brotherton published her story in the St. Louis Bulletin on July 15 of 1842, the Nauvoo Wasp on August 27, 1842 denied such a marriage proposal was made and branded Martha a mean harlot. When Nancy Rigdon turned down Smith's offer on April 9th of 1842 and publicly opposed him, Smith's good friend wrote, Nancy was guilty of unlawful and illicit intercourse. Now, these are the 1840s, you yeah, know, this is pretty serious wild. stuff in those yeah. times. And the evidences of a predator are the threats of harm if the victim is hesitant or if the victim tells someone about the encounter. Joseph Smith is guilty on both points. And finally, point number 22 of the evidences that he was a sexual predator, Joseph Smith asked his victims to do something against what was specifically taught in the scriptures they held to be true. And this is another one that's very painful. And to this me. is huge. This was like section 101. Mm -hmm. And it was in there until what, 1870s or something? S yeah, something yeah. like that. So they could have read this, and I'm mm -hmm. sure this is what oh, they yeah. presented in Europe. Uh -huh. Inasmuch as this church of Christ has been reproached with the crime of fornication and polygamy, we declare that we believe that one man should have one wife and one woman but one husband. So there you are. They've got this in their scriptures, and they're denying polygamy. They're calling it a crime. Yeah. They're calling it fornication. And Joseph Smith comes to these women and told them, God told them to participate with him in this crime and in this fornication. They must comply or be destroyed. Talk about cognitive, di cognitive dissonance. Yeah. My world, that would Hypocrisy. throw your mind in severe disruption. <laughs> and, and, you know, I would go through that sometimes as I was growing up because we were always taught, oh, you got to be a virgin. You can't have any sexual encounters, blah, blah, blah. you got to be pure before your husband. And then I would see all these polygamous men out there having one wife, two wives, three wives, ten wives, you know. And he didn't have to be a virgin, but you did. And so that's the same kind of a deal yeah. here. You you, the, the hypocrisy the, of... The, yeah. yeah. And, and I think some of these the girls must have had gone through some kind of a mental stress over this. How can God tell me to do something that's wrong? How can the prophet ask me to do something God's forbidden? Well, this completes the list from the website. But the author followed with some personal comments that we thought would be yeah, interesting to share interesting. with our viewers. After compiling this list, I became emotional 
Just thinking about the fear, guilt, and loneliness that Joseph placed upon so many young girls, I can only imagine them thinking, who in the whole world would believe what has been forced upon me? This was the dawn of the Victorian age, a time when sex was not discussed, especially by teenage girls. Their first night for a 14-year-old sleeping with Joseph would have been horribly confusing and frightening. I hope that by putting the spotlight on Joseph Smith and calling him out as a sexual predator may play a small part in getting the Mormon church to admit that polygamy was not from God. How else can young LDS girls learn to, learn to avoid these dangerous situations without admitting that the grooming practices of sexual predators hasn't changed much in 200 years? And I thought those were good points yeah. to bring up. And, and it's, it's almost 200 years later yeah. now, and it's far from the Victorian age now. And people who are born in polygamy today are raised believing and all this nonsense that Joseph Smith taught about polygamy. It's all they know, and they believe it. And Joseph Smith himself continues to be revered, preached on, spiritual hymns sung about him. He's held up to as an equal and sometimes even higher than Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Where does it end? When will the truth about Joseph Smith be believed? When will young girls today find justice and safety from the threats of Joseph Smith's polygamy, even from his grave? <laughs> the polygamy commandment is still canonized in section 132 of the Mormon Doctrine and Covenants. No one will touch it because it's religion. Mm -hmm. Yet no religious group has the right to trample on the rights of others, and no religious group has the right to break the laws of this land in the name of their religion. And no government based on freedom and equality has the right to refuse to secure freedom for those caught up and held prisoner in religious groups. And finally, the final comments by the author. I was amazed at the number of views this received. The responses range from praise to personal attacks. I know that comparing Joseph Smith to rapists and molesters is a strike at the foundation of Mormonism. Nearly all Mormons are amazing, hard-working people who give so much to their community, but there are still those men who use their position and influence in the church to groom and rape women and young girls. This will not stop until the church acknowledges that Joseph's actions were wrong. And we agree. Yeah. We Can do. the LDS Church admit that Joseph Smith was wrong? I don't see how they can. I don't either. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't so. either. Can the polygamy groups acknowledge that Joseph Smith was a fraud and come to understand that God never did or would or could command polygamy? We pray that God would open up the eyes of this culture that has been so blinded by Joseph Smith's claims. And we pray that God will break the stranglehold that Joseph Smith holds over the darkness of Mormon doctrine, including the polygamists. Yeah, and a lot of people that I've interviewed from the church, uh, or former Mormons, uh, polygamy was one of those issues one that of the big really ones. affected them. And that's very important, I think, to yeah. know that the polygamy in the temple, you know, some right. of the temple experiences right. they had. And, and uh, you know, people in polygamy groups, which is uh, the people that we want to reach, especially, you don't have to do this. They don't have to do this. It's a lie. It's a lie from Joseph Smith, and it's a lie that's continued to be perpetuated through the years. You don't have to do this to please God. Well, and I think, I think, and you 
present this so well all, always about how important Jesus is. And yeah. he, it's really only him. It's only it's about, about him. It's not about what we do and our accomplishments, yeah. whether it's marrying three or four wives or, or whatever. It's, it's really about Jesus and his sacrifice. It's and, not about us. And why would do, having sex with multiple women ever be as important as his sacrifice for yeah. us? How could that be? It couldn't be. Thank you, Earl. Yeah. I appreciate you. Pleasure. You know, God will never bless that which he has forbidden. And God has forbidden polygamy. He therefore cannot bless it. God has forbidden a man marrying sisters, but the polygamy groups all do that, and so did Joseph Smith. God has forbidden adultery, yet Smith married 11 already married women and had sex with them. God has forbidden a works-oriented salvation and cannot bless a salvation by works religion. God has forbidden that we have any other gods before him. Yet the Mormon culture believes in millions and millions of God before him. God cannot bless that which he has forbidden. We pray all our polygamists and Mormon viewers will turn from that which God has forbidden and place all your trust in Jesus Christ alone. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.